to our newest edition of our Race to Recovery podcast. My name is Christopher Kranz, and I'm a partner at Simmons & Simmons in Frankfurt. And I'm joined today by my colleague Simon Kirschner. Thanks, Christopher. Hi, everyone. Our topic for this session is the distressed loan market in Europe, also known as the NPL market. Now, you may be inclined to ask which distressed loan market, and rightly so in many countries, including Germany, we have not really seen a lot of NPL sales lately. That is, of course, not the same for countries like Italy, Greece, or Spain. In particular, in Italy, we have seen quite a substantive amount of larger loan portfolio transactions on the secondary market, which will be something we will touch upon later on in the podcast. But even in Germany, 90% of banking professionals have told Ernst & Young in a recent survey that they expect NPL volumes to rise shortly. And another study from the German NPL Association has projected a 25% increase of NPLs next year. So we'll touch on these arguments um, and we'll check why these predictions may become reality. But first things first, Simon, can you please explain what exactly is an NPL? Yes, sure. So an NPL is basically a loan which is non-performing. However, the issue with the term non-performing is that regulators use different definitions depending on the various circumstances the term is used for. So in very simple terms and as a general rule, it can be said that a loan falls within that category if one of the two conditions is met. The first one is easy to determine. A loan is non-performing if it is at least 90 days in payment default. The second one is a bit more complicated and is usually referred to as a UTP event. This means unlikely to pay. Again, there can be different scenarios in which a lender may come to the conclusion that the borrower is unlikely to pay. The ECB, for instance, ref refers to events of default or cash flow disruptions. For example, severe disruptions of a borrower's supply chain. And uh, supply chain disruption is definitely something many sectors are struggling with at the moment. Uh, we, we can see that basically every day in the, in the news, let alone the suppliers in the automotive industry um, in, in Germany. But in addition to supply chain disruptions, there are, in my view, in general, three other reasons why there could be a renaissance of NPLs. And the first one is that the Corona state aid programs these can't go on forever and they will eventually come to an end. And that end will likely be sooner rather than later. And that means as early as the first quarter next year. And for instance, um, Germany has in fact extended most of its programs until next March. But honestly, even the biggest cash bazooka, and I'm only referring to a term our Chancellor Olaf Scholz has used, it can't fire forever. The second reason, uh, in my view, is that governments have a little bit induced the banks to engage in what we call zombie lending during the corona crisis. And the zombies, these are borrowers which are simply not profitable, and they have not been profitable for a long time. So these zombies have used forbearance, state aid, and rescue measures to wriggle themselves through the corona crisis. And the number of these zombie firms has actually tripled since the financial crisis and has risen by more than 12% in the year 2020 alone. Now, it's not really hard to predict that most of these zombies will be pushed over the cliff as soon as government spending goes back to normal. 
And finally, there is the role of the central bankers. And central bankers like, for instance, Mrs. Lagarde from the ECB, they have flooded the markets with money in unprecedented ways. Interest doesn't exist anymore. Stock markets are at their all-time highs. And now we're all getting the check. And the check is inflation, which is getting close to critical levels. The Fed, so the US central bank, has already reacted and it will radically step out of buying government bonds. And they have declared that interest rates are projected to rise in the second quarter of next year. And very recently, the Bank of England has increased interest to 0.25%. So now it's really up to Mrs. Lagarde in Frankfurt if she is willing to continue the ECB's inflationary course. Honestly, I don't really believe she will, at least not for very long. Now, rising interest rates will push down inflation, but many debtors out there will come under severe pressure and will eventually collapse. And the problem is that most lenders still appear to be in wait and see mode, whereas I believe they should now really switch to contingency planning mode and they should do that very soon. Completely right, because there's also a regulatory side to this. Um, so setting the right incentives for banks to actively manage or sell their NPLs is one of the key priorities for the EU lawmaker. And in that case, wait and see will simply not be an option for long. Again, there are few, few reasons for this. First, there is what we call the NPL backstop. This was introduced a while ago and means that banks have to underlie an unsecured NPL gradually with rising equity rates. For example, after three years, an unsecured NPL has to be backed up with 100% of core equity. In Germany, in addition, NPL volumes of more than 5% trigger extensive monitoring, managing and reporting duties since this summer. And the EU is aiming at making NPL sales on the secondary market as transparent and easy as possible. So there is currently an NPL directive underway. The EU wants to establish a data hub and wants to regulate NPL asset managers, which will become necessary for that purchaser. Of course, this all in addition to harmonizing measures, in particular in credit, security and insolvency law, which are partly already in place, partly underway. Yeah, and it really, really appears that the, the pressure will eventually come from the EU side. The great fear um, at the EU side is that NPLs will again rise to a level which could endanger the stability of the whole financial system. And we are, of course, far from there yet. But some countries have come closer in the past, for example, Italy and Greece. Now, interestingly, Italy and Greece could be the countries others like Germany can learn a lot from. Both countries have set up successful securitization platforms to deal with large NPL volumes. And in Italy, they call it the GAX scheme, and in Greece, they call it the Hercules scheme, but they are really uh, very, very similar schemes. And it is particularly interesting um, because these schemes um, are operating as uh, securitizations, and these securitizations are basically dead in Germany and in other countries in the EU as well. And they have been dead since the financial crisis. However, these platforms are very clever to deal with NPL-related systemic risk as they, in very simple terms, transfer NPLs 
to a special purpose vehicle, which is refinanced by, in that case, three different risk-related tranches of notes. And under certain conditions, the senior notes will be guaranteed by the state. And all in all, the EU has already given its blessing to this construct, uh, which is why I do believe that it could be a sensible blueprint for other EU countries once we are experiencing higher NPL levels. That said, uh, we hope that our podcast was enjoyable and uh, would be delighted if you would tune in again next time. So thanks and goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you.